Aloha, and welcome to Wisdom Dialogues with Hope Johnson, coming to you from the trading post on the beautiful big island of Hawaii. Yay! Yay! Yay. All right, so I'll bring up my thing. Oh, Chitta wants to go. How fun. Come on, Chitta, what do you have? The other day we had that party at your place. Yes. And uh, I was uh, sort of snookered into uh, being involved in this thing called uh, a white elephant, I think. Oh, okay, yeah. And, and yeah. how did that go? I, snookered. I found it, uh, I was familiar with the concept because Anno had been doing it for like 17 years. Right. At his place, Gaia Yoga. So you knew it really well. I'd already attended two or three of his uh, uh, elephants. Okay. <laughs> and I found it to be a waste of time. That's awesome. Uh, I, I felt like we got all these people together, at least 15 people gathered mm -hmm. around the circle. Mm -hmm. And what are we going to do? We're going to celebrate acquisition of stuff that we don't need. <laughs> Just for the sake, the sake of uh, like a game. Okay. I mean, 15 intelligent people, they could be getting to know each other, exchanging uh, ideas to each other on a one-to-one -one basis. And what are we doing? Oh, grabbing it, shit. And it seemed like such a waste of time. That's awesome. And, and <laughs> the thing about it is, the people in the circle were clueless, you know? They didn't even give it a thought, oh, we'll just do this. Well, you can have your own party and have your own... Uh, Version. Deep dialogue sessions, forget about the... Uh, it was my party. Give him a gift of knowledge. It was my party. Call the blue donkey, I don't know. Yeah, yeah so so that's a, that's just a really, that's just a really common thing. And I'm not saying like that's, that's a definitely, totally, you know, it's valid. Because from your perception, from your perspective, that's not something that you would want to do at a party. So you're like, what the fuck? Also... Those kinds of things are always popping up within your experience. They're always going to be presenting you something like that, like not good enough, like that shouldn't have, hit, have been done that way. Those are all for healing opportunities, so they're all really blessed. Like when something like that occurs to me, the, the first thing that I want to do is connect with whoever's giving me that, that lesson. So I'm watching how my mind is projecting as if this stuff, look at the inflection of the voice and stuff about it. It's like something's wrong. So, you know, it's like taking, taking that in and looking at, oh, this is how I do it to myself. This is exactly how I do it to myself. Because the thing is, you know, and I've shared before, like, if you're knowing who you are, you could be like in a jail cell and having a good ass time, right? I mean, it's like in anything that you seem, any stupid thing that you seem to do, and it's all stupid. I mean, there's really no difference between like wisdom dialogues and the white elephant exchange. <laughs> it's all just really stupid. You know, it's like the mind categorizes things to say, this is better than this. And that's just going on all day long. That's what it does. 
right? It's just always like making things up. So, and then, and then for, to me, from my point of view, you know, like I appreciate the feedback and I know, I know too, we don't have any choice in what we seem to do. Whatever we seem to do is for the most benefit for everyone involved. You know, it's like whatever it is. So there's no um, need to analyze it. And you're always taking in information, like all the feedback and stuff. You're just automatically taking it in and things percolate and things automatically shift anyways, because that's what they do. You know, the only way you try to keep them in one place and make it seem like they're staying in the same thing, you know, is like you're just not open to the experience. You're just not being open to the experience. So, yeah, so it's awesome to know that. And then from the perspective of the person who's going through it, it's like that's where like you could find a lot more relaxation and joy from having the experience. It's not like it's bad to have the experience. It's not saying that at all, but knowing that you can find so much relaxation and joy from it. Because see, the, the thing is, there's always a should in something like that where you're harming yourself, you know, where you're basically thinking a thought that's defiling you. There's always a should in there, like something should be different, right? Or I expected it to be different. That automatically is placed on your mind and you start to perceive as if you're not living up to expectations. That's how that goes. And people will even reflect it back to you. And you know, you'll get, you'll take it personal and stuff like that because of the projections that you did onto yourself before. That's how you know. If you take it personal when someone tells you something, that's an indication that you already laid it on yourself. That's all. It, you already laid that on yourself. So that, so it's like they're just reflecting to you what you can be released from if you'd be willing to be released from that thing, right? They're just showing you that. That's why it's fun if you live with people, like let's say you live with people and they're trying to project onto you, you know, in your dream, because no one's really trying to do anything, but it seems like really, really, really like they're trying to project, project onto you that you have some kind of obligations and you're supposed to be living up to some obligations and there's certain things that you should be doing or should have done. Okay, so when you get that perception, if you're willing to see that that's you, like you ask them to, to say that stuff to you so it could seem like it's coming outside of yourself, but really you're doing it to yourself from within. So anytime there's a reaction, there's always some painful thought that's underneath the reaction. Isn't that fun? <laughs> well, I agree with that mostly. <laughs> that's that's a relief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's um, so funny because whenever we relate with each other, we can pretty much expect that we're going to piss each other off. Like, that's just how it goes. Like, you could just wait for that because, you know, you're already pissed at yourself, right? 
So, you're, <laughs> you, you, know, you know, it's funny, like if you were aware of the pain that's actually you're hiding from yourself, that's actually in your body sense, you'd be screaming your ass off all day. Mm. If you were aware of it, you know, it's like, it's like we're so good at hiding the pain from ourselves. We need these relationships to bring it up. And that's like, you know, that's what goes on. It's like there's the, the people in our field, they're meant to be triggering us. It doesn't mean something about them, of course. Right. And, and, and look, it, it's, it's like you don't have to try to make yourself act a certain way about it. Like Chitta, he brings it up so that, so that he can see it and we can see it and we can have fun with it. We can be playful with it. That's why I brought it up. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like when you when you bring it up and you can see it like in the light of day, right? It's like it's like oh, that's just the ego's play. That's a the ego playing, right? Is having a hard time over a perception has to do with an ego thought, something that's meant to separate. So it's like there's a there's a thought system of the ego that's meant to separate. So all the thoughts are in separation. They're meant to make it seem like you're separate from the world. But the thought of the spirit is unity, you know, and it's constantly whispering too. It's not real. That's the main thing about it. Because, you know, when you're getting the perception of pain, it seems really, really real. I was hanging out with a dude who was in pain. I was surprised. I was not expecting this. He asked me to pick him up from the hospital. It was early in the morning. So I go, I go, oh, okay. And I could tell by the way he's writing, he's like not able to type a text like he normally does. So I go over there, picked him up. He's crying in a mask, in a wheelchair. He's just slumped over and he's crying. And, and, and then he gets in my car and he's like crying in pain all the time. And he's like, oh, Jesus, please take this pain away and stuff like that. And I go, there's no pain, though. That's the thing. There isn't the pain. I know there's the sense. There's the sense of it. But when you're asking for it to be taken away, what it does is it concretizes the sense of pain. And it makes it into a reality for you. Now it has to come from outside of yourself. Right? Now it would have to come from outside of yourself because you have to uh, get it from, from someone else. Please release me. You can't be released like that because if the pain is an indicator of something. Also, the pain is a blessing. It's a teaching tool. Okay, it's a teaching tool. So it's not, I'm not saying to seek the pain. Well, I do that. But, <laughs> but in a gentle way, you know, I use tools and actually look for it in the body sense and bring it up to the surface, right? But kind of like getting it before it has to manifest as a physical uh, situation, let's say, you know, because when you're bringing the pain up to the surface, then you're not chasing thoughts because you're focused on, you know, seeing the pain, especially when it's up, right? When it, you can't even help it, you move right into it. So, you know, I have an affinity toward that. So I love that. It's, it, it's a wonderful way to just feel relaxed in the body sense and, um, Release some pressure. There's so much pressure. That pressure is what's projecting the world. That pressure and pain in the body sense is what's projecting a world where we get the perception that there's really death, for instance. Right? We get a, we get a sense of this, but this world that we're getting a sense of is just a sense. It is projected 
sense. That's all it is, and it's nonsense, as you can see. <laughs> Every, you know, everyone seems to be going through like challenges and suffering and aging and all these different things, and none of this this stuff is even meaningful. It's meant for laughter, right? The whole story, the whole saga of it unfolding, is only for one thing. It's for awakening the mind from the sense that it's separated from itself, and all the relationships are also for the same thing. You know, to help the mind get released. So one of the the, the the common errors, the most common error in 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 thought, judgment, whatever you want to say, is uh, is the thought that you can make yourself do something that you don't want to do. And you know, it it, it really it, it's fun because it's New Year's resolution time right now. This is the time when everyone's going, okay, I really got to get my shit together now. I got to get in shape or I got to get better on my finances or I got to get uh be nicer or I don't know whatever it is the resolution that's coming up for people right uh and and it's it comes from an idea that you know what you should do okay it's a, it's taking responsibility for your own life which is praised in the world it's praised in the world to take think that you know what you should do and take responsibility for your life, right? But in reality, if you're going against what you want to do, your mind is split. It's going against what you want to do in your mind. And then look, if you find yourself doing what you want to do, then you're feeling guilty about that. Whenever you think, that you can know what you need to do. You do not know. That's why if you stay in the asking mode, what should I do? You'll see that it's just a natural desire is, is guiding. You'd say it's like a natural desire. I, uh, you know, I, that's just one word for it that I can associate with it. Uh, it's also called the Holy Spirit to people. It's one guide, it's our one guide. It's so simple like that. We've been taught that we're dirty and that we're, uh, we have uh, bad, dirty minds and stuff like that. Okay, that's not the case. It's like the, the, the mind is pristine and it's whole and it's wholly sane. You have not gone insane. Okay, it's like you're watching a movie and pursuing some insane thoughts and making your own movie up. Your mind hasn't changed though. So, so anything that you get a perception of, you can have release from the perceiving, okay? It's just that perceiver, that one that thinks it knows what it wants, that one that thinks it knows what it doesn't want, like Chitta, that knows that it doesn't want white elephant, that doesn't want a white elephant party, right? <laughs> I got the truffles. I got the best present. I love that. I think Chitta just didn't like his present and he's sour. <laughs> Traded, traded sideways for this spinner. Oh, is it spinner? Oh, yeah, it's spin. All right. So, anyways, so anyhow, 
<laughs> that personality, that one that thinks it knows what it wants and one know that knows what it likes and everything like that. You know, that personality itself, it, it needs love. Let's say that. It needs love, okay? Because it's struggling. It thinks it knows and it's got this big-ass burden on it. And that thing, self is not you, but you're viewing that self and you're identified with it. <laughs> For the most part, you know, or at varying degrees of identifying with the uh, with the self all throughout the day, too. <laughs> right? <laughs> this changes all the time. Well, that self needs love. And see, it's it's kind of like a receptacle more than anything, because it re- it receives your love or your condemnation. And it's always one or the other. And with every thought, it's like you're projecting onto it, let's say. Okay, and then and so it's like whenever you get released from your thoughts immediately, it's like, oh, that's so sweet. And, you you know, it's allowing that 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 love to just flow. And that's the same thing that's extended through that personality, that 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 uh, image that you have, that image that you're projecting and that other people are perceiving. Right. It's just a it's just like a vessel or a vehicle for that and it's and it's being programmed by the way you are choosing to look at it it's being programmed that way see so i hear a lot of people talk about i am not there yet <laughs> well you never left anywhere so <laughs> You got a lot of work to do on yourself. Yes, uh, yes. Oh, well, you got a brand new year to do it. <laughs> a brand new year. You can make a resolution. <laughs> so. Get to work. But there's no work. That's the thing. It's really like an easeful relaxation. So, you know, I like how in the Bhagavad Gita it talks about how whatever you do, do it for me. Uh, because you may feel like you need to work. I mean, there's people who feel like they need to work. They get out the fucking book and they're studying it. it. Are they really feel, checking in and feeling like if they're, if they're called like in a, in, in a, in a way that feels um, inspired to it? Or are we just going through a rote thing because we think that'll get us somewhere? The thing is, the spirit is always calling. It's always a calling. But our mind will talk louder than the spirit's calling and say, this is what you should do. This is what you should be doing. And then that changes everything. You guys, I'm sure, have seen that a bunch of times. It's so easy for that to occur. You know, I notice that just like with my physical practice, it's block therapy right now that I'm going, I'm going in and noticing how I, I sense the thing and I have these programs set up and there will be a sense of this need to like get through the program rather than sink in to the juiciness and the yumminess of the experience. There's a word for this. What is it? Well, uh, spiritual materialism. Spiritual materialism, nice. I like it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's like it's like a, what have I accomplished? 
right? It's like getting into accomplishment mode, kind of like another notch or something like that. And, you know, like, like for me, it seems like I like to set up systems just so like they're in play. Here they are. There's a program right here. There's a program right here. There's a program right here. And then I can like bounce around. The thing for me that I, that comes up is a, a, a sense of attaching to the program, which is great because whatever seen is not a problem, right? Whatever is seen is not a problem. When you see something, when you see it and you're aware of it, it doesn't do it. It's just, you, you're not doing that. <laughs> you're aware of what it, what, what kind of power for one that thought process has, right? These thought processes that we choose to pursue are not benign. They're making us into something. They're always making us into something. Right? So to follow a thought process as if you need to do this thing and you're going through motions to get through things. Now, this is the normal way people actually go about life, though. Okay? They're not even checking in with what am I called toward right now? And this is on purpose. The life is set up like this. Right? You learn from an early age. You got to go to school. You got to go to Sunday school. You got to do all your stuff that you got to do. Right? You got to brush your teeth. You know, I didn't make my kids brush their teeth. I just wasn't trying to give them some routine like that. How do I fucking know they need to brush their teeth? Because people told me that? Like, the, really? The, did a toothbrush come with teeth? Like, who told us this? <laughs> I don't know. It seems like I need to brush mine. I brush mine. Right? Apparently. <laughs> I bet you tried not doing it. A uh, little bit. <laughs> not not for long. <laughs> I'm trying to make out and stuff, you know. <laughs> and, and also, if my if I could smell my breath, my breath smells bad. I don't like to get too close to people. I'll like talk away from them and stuff like that. So yeah, I do the toothbrushing thing for sure. But like, like when my kids didn't want to brush their teeth, I was just like, okay, that's cool. And, you know, they'll just like do what they do with it. And, you know, the funny thing is like my one who's like, how old is that fucker? Oh, he's almost 15. And <laughs> he hasn't been to the dent dentist. You know, that silly thing where you start taking them while they're, they're like, a, like a little tiny kid, right? He just like uses Uncle Harry's tooth toothpaste his whole life and he barely brushes his teeth. His teeth are great. <laughs> they look awesome. And you know, it's, it's funny because the dentists are also programmed to believe that healthy teeth come from going to the dentist. Well, the funny thing is I just skipped going to the dentist for like 10 years, right? And then I went to the dentist because I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the dentist and see if there's anything to clean off my teeth. I don't know got a wild hair up my ass so I'm over there at the dentist place and they're like when's your when was the last time you went to the dentist and I go 10 years and they're like what so I go in there they're like you have the best teeth of anyone who comes around here and and, and why is that and I go well I think for one that I don't go to the dentist <laughs> yeah they were not hearing that at all they were not hearing that one bit and then I'm like, but also, I use Uncle Harry's, your guys' freaking toothpaste that you use is poisonous. It causes cavities, apparently. Because everyone who fucking uses it, it gets cavities. And their teeth don't get cleaned properly or something. I mean, I've tried it. Didn't work out for me. 
My son thought that um, we were all full of shit, a bunch of hippies, right? Well, he's a teenager. So he moves out, starts using Crest. Next thing you know, he's back at her house looking for some Uncle Harry's tooth powder. <laughs> uh, okay, the way we set up this system, the Babylon system, is to be like this poisonous fucking thing, right? It's like, these are the effects we gave the shit, okay? <laughs> so... <laughs> it's like if you start testing it out you realize it's like the ego is lurking within the babylonian fucking system that is what's going on okay and and then at the same time why is the e why is the ego lurking within the babylonian system because the ego is lurking within the mind so it's always to show something right it's always to reveal something yeah it's a it's showing how you know, we are making this thing into into our own hell. You know, in our mind, we're just like making these weird things up. And then that manifests as like the like a com conglomerate of like corporations and government people and everything. It looks like they're all in cahoots to fucking poison people. <laughs> it's a trip. <laughs> And, and, you know, it's so funny. It's like, it, it, it's like the, the, the evidence seems so appar apparent too. Like if you go through, uh, you go through the system and you happen to see for yourself, you know, uh, you have to kind of like see behind the curtain what's going on with the system. It's like, whoa, it's like your whole reality just like got discombobulated. You can call that disillusionment because there's this, this illusion of what your world is. And then you look behind the curtain and it's like, whoa, what the fuck? Yeah, that's symbolic. You know, it's like this illusion we're trying to make of this, this life. And we're trying to get it to where we, we want it, get everything to how we want it. Like, like for instance, uh, I can't handle being stressed out. So I need to try to make the world so it's not stressing me out. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's never going to work. That's always going to make the world antagonistic to you, right? So if you're experiencing stress, which is huge for all of us, okay? It's like just the stress of this sense of gravity, okay, in the body sense. It's a lot of stress. So you say we're under a lot of stress. It's kind of like there's something within us that's all that just wants to scream all the time, you know? It's like, it's like that's just the nature of a body. That's why Eckhart Tolle calls it a pain body, all right? So that's kind of like driving us around this thing. So when you look behind the curtain and you notice, oh, okay, the whole thing is set up on this anger and this, you know, this this idea that the self is guilty and in need of punishment. So it's okay, so it seems like it's okay to put uh, like a known poisonous chemical within uh, water, food, lotion, uh, you know, to make the toothpaste so that you will be making the dentist money when you show up over there. <laughs> That's a fluoride. Right, right. And now, you know, over over at Target, apparently, I just was like, I, I was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard, probably, that there's actually fluoride water at Target. Because baby, it's called baby water, actually, because it's for babies. Bob, will you go over there and ask them to not do that while this is happening? Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Here, let me put a drill on for you while you're talking. <laughs> See if you could do it with this. <laughs> sure, I can. It's not my pre my preference though. <laughs> You know, it always gets down to what isn't poisonous that they're out there giving us, you know? Well, sure. And, you know, the thing is, too, with that is to not hold it in a, in a position where you're feeling really fearful of what they're doing, right? I mean, it, there are certain things that come to you. There are certain things that just arise for you. It's like you see, okay, um, my thing for me, I was just looking for actually toothpaste without glycerin in it. Because I read something about how coating your teeth with glycerin actually uh, makes cavities because it, it like traps the bacteria to your teeth. So I was actually looking for a, a toothpaste without glycerin and that's how I came across Uncle Harry's. But all that, that's just a manifestation of being open to seeing another alternative, right? When we're not willing to see another alternative, we're not really willing to see behind the curtain too. We're just kind of hoping that they're not trying to fuck us over. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'll just take this vaccine. Maybe they're not, they're not really trying to fuck us over. I'll just go ahead and do that thing. Since I got a job, right? Uh, but, you know, or since I want to travel or since whatever, right? It's just like, and, and, and there's not like a, a thing like I should be doing it or I should not be doing it. There's so many different things like, you know, I was just telling a friend that I get my car, like the inside of my car, coated with something. I'm sure that's a bunch of chemicals. I can't smell it. I'm glad about that. <laughs> I don't want to smell it. But, you know, uh, the, whole, the whole inside, well, I get it detailed like every three months, and he cleans it up so it's like new, right? And it's like, and it's like are you just going uh, to get anal about everything or just let things just flow? Because there comes in again what I should do. All you have to go off of what I, what is, is here's what saying I should do and what is it that I want to do and not even let the should do be a fucking factor at all. Not at all. Okay. And if you are letting it be a factor, just be aware that you're letting it be a factor, right? Just letting it be aware that really helps burn it out. Right? Like I'll find myself sitting in my computer and all of a sudden I, run into this technical this difficulty which is so common when you're working on computers and uh and, and all of a sudden all this text that i just wrote it's just gone it just went somewhere so i open the text box because support is close by on this app and i say hey how do i get my text back and i lost my text and then they get back to me and tell me that, that i lost my text and it's like I start noticing this thing welling up in me. And I'm like, oh, I get excited about that because I know it's not about the text, right? See what I mean? It's in the most mundane things you can imagine. The most mundane things. I notice the energy of, I want to get the fuck out of here. I don't want to do this. Why do I do this? The thoughts keep going. And, and that's that thought that says, you're doing what you should do because you should do it. And as soon as I'm like, oh, I see that. I don't have to sit here at all and keep, keep doing this kind of stuff. 
right? And then the energy just shifted so much. I just like continued going through the process and getting my text back even. <laughs> right? And getting some nice technical support. Right? But that it's the idea that you can make yourself do something because you think you should do it. You can't. You can only dream that you're controlling yourself like that. And then you seem to have a control. You know, it's like one way. It's like the mind enslaving the body, right? It's going to control the body. It's going to say what the body does instead of giving up the control of the body to the one that knows exactly what's good for you. Okay, the one that knows what's good for you is alive in this moment. Doesn't go off of past things or anything. It's just it it just feels like inspired. Whatever it is. It's not for you to judge it. It's not for you to be judging it at all. You know, people think, "Oh, I don't want to give up my I'm not ready to give up my life to God yet." Cuz I got my habits. I got my things that I like to do. All those habits and stuff, they are, they're, they're perfect. <laughs> they're like, it's you thinking that you can't do it with your habits or you can't be it with your habits. Those habits aren't really yours. It's like they're giving you to watch like a show. <laughs> so you can get tricked into thinking you're that thing. <laughs> and you can identify it and thus pro- keep projecting the world, keep the world projecting forward. So when you're watching how you're projecting it in the midst of it, it's a totally different energy. It's not like you have to try to get out of it. You just go through it. You go through it as it is. Tech support. Someone's crying because your cat attacked their cat. Maybe. (laughs) That can happen. It's it's amazing. <laughs> Apparently it can happen. Yeah, the thing, it doesn't happen. So my friend who's like crying in the car, you know, he's like doing all this, this pain, you know, all this apparently pain is coming up. I'm like trying not to laugh out loud um, because it just looks funny to me that it's so real to him. It is so real. It's so realistic to him, right? And just the crying and all the drama and stuff like that. You know, it's like we play these dramas out just so we can see what we're doing, the way we're thinking. So the thoughts are just coming out. I'm like, just watch the thoughts. Watch the thoughts. The thoughts will just tell you uh, when you're going through a painful situation. And, you know, you might find yourself taking prescription drugs. That dude was. He was definitely into taking some prescription drugs. They tried to give him some drugs in the hospital. That didn't work for him. He actually went to the hospital with back pain. I don't know what the hospital's going to do for you when you have back pain, you guys. I mean, unless you think you need the drugs, unless you think you need the drugs to get over the pain, but that is a major mind fuck. Okay? And, and if you find yourself taking the drugs or doing the drugs to get over the pain, just recognize that it's a mind fuck if you want to see through it. Just recognize that. Because it seems so real to you, and I know it. It seems so real to you that you're not going to get through this unless you have this painkiller thing. Right? And that is so far from the truth. It's a cycle that, that goes on. Okay? 
It's really interesting. It's like back pain. It's so, uh, it, it's so, it's so shifty. It's so interesting. I've seen my husband go through back pain too. You know, it's like, it'll be like, oh, I can't even move. Fuck, it hurts so bad. Give me the ganja butter, you know? <laughs> yeah, you can, you can have ganja butter, right? And, and I not really have side effects from that, except for maybe you're, you're laying around, but that's good. <laughs> right you like your back your your back like needs a break probably <laughs> so, <laughs> you know but this this cycle of dependency you know where it just like keeps on going around like this and is and it's a it's a trip because what comes out is the person was feeling like they're not supported they're feeling like they're not supported. You know, that's an attack on the people around you when you're feeling like you're not supported because you're basically saying the people around you aren't supporting you and they fucking are, no matter what they're doing, no matter what they seem to be doing. See how that is? So it's like you're attacking the people around you to actually make them reflect that back to you too. They, they're not supporting you. <laughs> but they're actually totally supporting you in, 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 the, in, in, the, in the most beneficial way that they could the most they're doing the best that you could possibly get actually right and they're and, and and really you know they're deserving of nothing less than gratitude in that sense too so when you get the perception that someone's not supporting you what are they deserving of again gratitude at a minimum at a minimum when you get that perception, that's how you can see the support that they're giving you. That's how you can learn to see what they're giving you. And really, when you will allow that extension just in faith, just in faith that they are actually helping you, even though it seems like they're antagonistic to you, that'll help you to see and you'll know for sure that they are helping you. Right? Just to just be willing to extend it, whatever the situation may be. I find myself in so many subtle things. It's, it, the experience is so rich with this. You know, there'll just be like a conversation. There'll be a sense that, oh, is that person being a little bit catty with me? It's like all in your own mind. Right? And it's like your perception gets changed so fast when you allow your perception to be changed fast like that. If I don't have to hold on to that, then I can just be lighter and lighter with every interaction instead of becoming heavier throughout them and taking things more and more personal and thinking, and thinking things are going against me or not supporting me. Of course, everything supporting my awakening. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, I like the way that it's like, like, like coffee pond. I mean, it's cold enough for my people. This might take, I thought, really, that's the other thing. Oh, no, there's definitely. There's, there's, there's no world outside of what you're making. Okay, there's no world outside of that. Not for your ego. There is a world for you. <laughs> but it isn't even outside of it because the world that we think we see is just, it's painted over. It's like a painting. I mean, this is reality with a covering. Some people call it a veil, right? 
It's like consciousness is this, uh, this blanket that covers over. Consciousness won't last. We're going to see through consciousness. But it's a matter of seeing the things that are coming up and taking them as a lesson, right? So I was hanging out with my friend Billy yesterday. And, and he was, was that your Course in Miracles thing that you, that you did? With your, like, is that your, your gathering? Do you host it? No, I do not. Okay. Who's hosting it? Uh, kind of Casey. Oh, sweet. She's the one listed to contact. Oh, I see. Okay. We're just kind of free form. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Yeah. I had a really fun time. They're, they're doing a new, there's a new book on A Course in Miracles apparently. And it's taking all the notes that they took when Jesus was talking, when she was channeling Jesus, she, all the notes. So it's bigger. And then it's got footnotes too. So, um, so that we were reading through that one and oh my goodness, it was like every time I hear stuff from A Course in Miracles and then some of this stuff was even different than what I've heard before. Um, it's like so awakening. It's so transformative. It's so amazing. And, you know, it's like afterwards, um, I yawned and, and Casey was like, well, Hope's not yawning now, so I guess we're done. And she's like, I guess this one wasn't really that spiritual. And I'm like, what? I <laughs> was good for me. <laughs> that was amazing for me. I was like, woo. <laughs> I'm like on a ride, right? So then I hear from one of the other ladies that was there too. And, and you know, it's like the, the information isn't seeming to hit everyone in the same kind of way. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of it has to do with this idea too of what we should be doing. And that's what the whole thing was about. It was amazing. It was like exactly where my mind was, of course, right? And it's coming up on, you know, that kind of stuff. It was like the way it was saying, it, I just kept on going, it's so easy, right? It's like so easy. It's just like you, you watch this thought occur that says you have to do something or you should do something, and then you don't have to believe it. The fear is that you won't do something that you need to do. But look at you don't need to do anything. And any kind of feedback you get from the world telling you, look what you did. You fucked this up because you didn't do it. That is also meaningless. It's meaningless. Your reaction to that uh, chit chat <laughs> is showing you what you made, what you put on yourself. Okay. What kind of, uh, what kind of uh, uh, restrictions you put on yourself? You ever heard someone explaining to you um, how they're not, they're not ripping you off because they, uh, they, they really like uh, spent this much or they spent this much time or something like that to try to like explain why they're not making a really big profit. They'll let you know that they're struggling like you, right? <laughs> that's part of the game, right? That's just part of the game. We play with each other. Look, I'm just like you. I'm poor like you or something like that, right? It's like no one's poor. We got that wrong. <laughs> we got that totally wrong. I, I had a fun time because I, I grew up with a, with a mom that was pretty sure the end of the world was coming any minute, right? So, oh, you were married to her? Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So, so my mom, my mom had six kids 
and she did not save money. Like she would get, uh, she would get money, and you guys probably heard that term "nigger rich" like that. She would spend it like she's rich, right? She'll just like she'll spend all the money. That's where you get that. <laughs> yeah. Like mother, like mother. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it was like she'd go, "Oh man, Jesus is coming back any minute. Let's just <laughs> oh, <that's> like, <laughs> spend all the money." Uh, uh, but but you know what? It's like we'd always see too that everything worked out. Everything would work out. It just does. It's not like uh, like you have to. Um, Tell yourself, okay, I need to get better at saving money, for instance. Like, you know, you might save money. You might do that. You might find yourself doing that. There's not a, a, a right or wrong about it. But when you think that you have to be responsible for it, you start, um, you start being in control of your life. So you think in your mind, you think you're controlling your life, right? And that does, you know, control your behavior. And through that, you close yourself off to seeing the gifts of going through a lifetime. Like the gifts that you want to receive through going through a lifetime. That's why it's like these structures, these patterns that we set up. Let's say you have a certain time you work every day, right? These patterns that we set up, there <laughs> feels like, no, I'm over that now. I'm overworking. Yeah, right. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So... So, so like, like you could say, you could say in my case, I tell people I'm around between nine and one, right? Nine and one, Monday through Friday. Um, you can come over, get some essential oils, um, usually around at that time, but text to make sure. Cause you never know. Cause it's not like set in stone. That is the schedule. Okay. But I have to be following my guidance. It's not like just because there's a schedule there, I'm definitely going to be there. Or just because I have an appointment with you, I'm definitely going to be there. I have to be following my guidance. And sometimes that movement is, is, is quick and I don't know why. And I don't need to see. I don't even need to see why. It just is what it is. And here's how you know you were not following your guidance. You just feel uneasy. So in that moment that you're feeling uneasy and you were not following your guidance, follow your guidance now and you'll be released from it immediately. That's all it is because your guidance isn't to do something and your release isn't coming later, right? It's not coming up later. It's like, if you feel uneasy right now, that means you were listening to the ego. You're following bad guidance, right? That's what it means. So... Follow your good guide now and be released from that. Be released from that uneasiness. That's what brought us all here. Yay! Yay. Thank you for doing that. I know it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the only thing that would be preventing you from being released from the uneasiness is a thought that you're taking as if it's true. Like something you did back there warrants you being uneasy right now maybe so that you don't repeat that thing but it's going to have an opposite effect because that's not how it works if you're un, if you're projecting uneasiness and you're holding that thing in your mind as the reason for your uneasiness you're making it real you're making it again it's a it's like a radical self-forgiveness because the self doesn't even need forgiveness right so it's like a but it looks like 
a radical self-forgiveness. Because it's like, I really don't have to think about how I fucked that thing up back there. <laughs> no, because there's no back there, actually. And all the people who maybe saw you do that thing that you think you did, they do not exist like that. They only hold you in perfect love. No matter what kind of thing they're showing, that's not the reality. Like, okay, I know you're showing me that. One guy was telling me, uh, I know you. I know people like you. I see you. <laughs> right? And that's like, it's like perfect for me. I love that. It's like, thank you. Thank you for letting me know. I, I, you know, I, I salute you on pursuing that trajectory. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> because I only see you in perfect innocence. I really like that. It feels good to me. <laughs> You're the kind of person that's ruining the world and killing the Indians even. I was killing Indians all of a sudden. Because <laughs> I have toxic posit positivity. I was like, wow, you're really committed. <laughs> you're really committed to negativity being valuable. <laughs> Some hardcore thoughts right there, bro. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's like it's like a comedy show. It's like a, it's like almost like the ego's coming up on stage and doing like a dance in front of you, right? It's almost like the ego's just coming up on stage and look, look, look at this picture of yourself. Look how bad it looks. You look like shit in this thing. <laughs> it's like you can see that thing coming from a mile away, right? <laughs> Look at how you, here's the image I made of you. <laughs> and the thing is, if you don't accept the image that they made of you, that's helpful for them. When you accept the image, and here's how you know you accept the image, you're defending against it. I got to correct the way he's seeing me right now. I got to correct the way this guy is seeing me because he's not seeing me right. I have to justify. Justify. Look at a thought that justifies you in your mind already condemns you. So don't pursue it. And then you won't be justifying yourself to other people either. <laughs> it's like you need compassion. You remember what I said about condemning or loving yourself? It's like you need compassion once you've taken that turn and you can allow that for yourself, right? Yeah, any moment. That's why the choice is yours. That's why you have dominion over the world. At every, any moment, you can just allow the release for yourself. So I got to say the most challenging thing about perceiving a person who's crying in pain, right? It's like it's crying in pain is the sense that you can't take it away from them. That's the most challenging thing. Like from my perception, I'm like, 
oh my goodness. It's like, in my mind, I'm like, that is not fucking real. That's so not real, it looks comical to me. But why does my brother have to fucking suffer like this? Okay, the truth is he's not, really. He's not suffering. So the perception that I'm getting of him suffering is actually my suffering that I'm getting a perception of, right? It's actually my suffering that I'm getting a perception of. That's why I like to see it. I'm glad to see it. And it, and, and it looks like a skit, kind of like an ego show, because it's like, oh, get this off of me. You know, let me get out of this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It hurts so bad. Uh, you know, and it's like the pain isn't. It's not even a thing. It's not even a, it, it's a, what we're getting uh, as a perception of pain is a sense of fear. The pain that we're perceiving is a sense of fear. And I keep saying, I know it's true and it's going to be revealed to me. It's just a matter of time. I know I'm not in charge of the time, but I know that it is a matter of time. It will be revealed to me how to take away pain that perceives seems to be in another person instantly. Right? So so the, the, you could say the challenge or the lesson or the opportunity, in my experience, it's all the same thing, really. But we call a challenge is an opportunity, right? So, uh, so all of that, what I'm calling that, in my experience, is just for seeing through the pain and guilt of not being able to take the pain away. See, the pain and guilt that pops up seems to be that you can't take it away because you, you, you weren't able to take it away, right? It's like, man, I know that's not real. Why does it seem to persist, right? And it's like there too, another opportunity to forgive and trust that everything is occurring in perfect time. One thing that came up also yesterday in that beautiful A Course in Miracles meeting that we had, yes, <laughs> was about how the Holy Spirit is not just going to manifest healing uh, in a physical way unless it's actually healing to the mind, okay? So it's not going to manifest unless that physical healing would actually be healing to the mind, like it would be beneficial for everyone, for the awakening. So in that, in, in that moment and through those moments that I was spending with my friend, it was most beneficial for the pain to be prevalent, and that's why it was. And that's why I kept on feeling lighthearted, even though, you know, whenever you're getting a perception or pain or anything, you can expect these insane thoughts to be kind of like peppering you, right? So of course I'm on the lookout for that. And basically when I got this guy crying, like literally next to me, in my seat, uh, you know, I'm noticing my breath. I'm noticing, I'm noticing like my, my breath is like, I'm noticing that I'm getting nice deep breaths and I'm happy about that. <laughs> and I notice that I'm happy about that. And then I laugh about that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it really is like, you don't have to go traveling into the mind and all about all the bullshit, right? Just kind of like watching they're, they're ticking by like ticker tape and there's going to be some that hook you into guilty consciousness, right? Definitely don't have, uh, 
an issue in projecting like onto, but I have before onto the person that they should do it better because I know at any time anyone's, you know, I have a project and like they should do it better. It's like totally setting me myself up for a painful experience. Like anytime that's like the, the mind is so, so powerful. That's another thing that came up in our course meeting. The, nine, the, the mind is so powerful to make illusions, but it tricks itself into believing that the thoughts that it has is benign, right? But it's so, it's so freaking powerful. And then we're just like unconsciously pursuing these thoughts that make these illusions that make us seem vulnerable. So when we get any perception, which is basically what we see of this world, it's a misperception. Even just being able to get uh, an idea from looking with these eyes that people are at different ages indicates death. <laughs> and it's an illusion. <laughs> That's an illusion. <laughs> That's how you know you're, you know, you're, you're dealing with pain. You're dealing with a painful perception. And it's like you don't want to see it. So it seems like it's outside of yourself. So it's so common that, you know, it'll be like this person caused their own pain. For instance, they cause their own pain from smoking. They cause their own pain from diet. They cause their own pain from, uh, I don't know, being mean. And now whenever you say that a person caused their own pain or you think like that, because that's how the programming is to think like that. Why did they die early? Did they take a vaccine? <laughs> That's the newest one. That's the newest one. No, they had sex with someone who took a vaccine. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> yeah. Anytime we make it as if the world had the effect on the person, we make our body vulnerable. We make that illusion more realistic. Even a simple thing, you seem seem like, you know, you got all the evidence in it, evidence in the world for it is to say uh, you ate a lot of food. The person eats a shit ton of food and they're fat. Right. OK, that that's actually it's, it's actually not possible for that to affect that body, that food to affect the body. But the mind is so powerful at making illusions that it could make that true. And if you keep believing it, you keep projecting it. Like you get a perception of it and you're like, it's just automatic. It's so automatic. It'll just go, oh, yeah, of course, that makes sense. They eat a bunch of food and they're a big person, right? That makes sense. Yeah, it does. It makes sense in a chaotic world, but it's not a reality. So when you take back the cause, you know, and, and, and really look at what the cause is, you take a step back from that because the cause that we're projecting for things is not a real cause. It's a cause to make us seem like we're vulnerable. Okay. So no one gets hurt from anything but fear. No one dies from anything but fear. No one suffers unease because of anything but fear. That's why the, you know, kind of like nipping it in the bud is getting relief from just a mild sense of unease. Even a mild sense of unease is let, let yourself have release from that, right? And I know it's not the easiest thing to do because of the programming. 
You know, it's like being kind, asking what I should do, too. You probably find yourself in activities that seem to be releasing tension as well. I mean, that's really what everyone needs is release tension. But the world is saying the opposite. It's saying you got to go. It's saying you got things to do. There's things that are left undone. And I'll tell you, running a business, it always seems like there's shit left undone. I'll be over there and I'll be laying on a block or something and a, sh- and a, and a thought will pop up into my mind about the insurance ex- inspector's requirements. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness that doesn't mean anything. You know, and I can just like go, because it doesn't. But the ego will say, since it's coming up right now, it must be important. Yeah, yeah. I-, I need to make a decision or something. I need to have closure about this, right? I need to say, okay, as soon as I get done with blocking, that's going to be the first thing that I do. And then another thought comes up, and it's about something else that needs to get done. It's like, there's no need to even entertain it. Oh, I don't have to think about that. It'll, it just keeps spinning around. It'll come back around. When it's necessary for me to write another email or make another call, the moment will just spin around. Right? It's just really, it's really easy. It is. It's easy. The thing is, we want to work too hard. Someone asked me, are you saying that all, that all I can really do is focus? And I was like, well, pretty much yes, but gently. Okay, because your tendency is to try too hard. <laughs> Gentle focus. <laughs> not, not, not intense, like don't furl your brow on it, right? <laughs> like don't grind on it. because of everything because of the passing nature of everything you know the way a course in miracles puts it is accepting the atonement for yourself which you know this triggers some people one woman shared with me today she's like yeah i just kept on hearing that word correction where he where he kept on saying correction and i I really don't like that word and i go well here's the thing my uh, you know might help you see how this is The only thing Jesus is saying that you need correction from is a thought that makes you uneasy. Wouldn't you like to have correction from that? (laughs) Oh, well, when you put it that way, (laughs) it's not like he's got a a whip and he's whipping you. See, we've we've been taught that punishment is correction. And that's totally insane. That's an insane thought. Punishment is not correction. That's not how God corrects. That's not how God would see you corrected. You know, basically your correction is like a redirection off of something that hurts you and on to love, being loved and receiving love. That's the kind of correction everyone really wants, right? But we've been taught to be afraid and to lean to our own understanding. We even try to run our own spiritual evolution. It's hilarious. Okay, I got to wake up. All right, here it is. I'm going to, for these two hours every day, I'm doing this. For these two hours every day, I'm doing this. And then what? Okay, like in my case, I'm like Bill and Casey. We like our mornings for our spiritual practice. That's like key for us, right? So I'm over there. And I just got done with a nice meditation and I'm going, rolling it over into blocking now, right? I'm going to be rolling it over in the blocking. And then 
someone wants to be picked up from the hospital. So what is it? There's just waiting, like with open openness, open hands. Not what should I do, not what you know, what will what will people think if I do or don't do something, right? What's gonna happen if I miss the blocking session? <laughs> and then I and then I don't I know I don't make the decision. So then it's a yes, I will come pick you up. I'm leaving in 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, I'm leaving in 15 minutes. All right. I'll bring a block with me. Oh man, I just got blocked right now, sitting right here, right? I'm 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 sitting on uh, on these Mexican blankets. They're used for yoga a lot, and I got like a little one little bump here, and it's like underneath that part where the thigh goes right into the butt, like right there at that little curve. Yeah, that little curve right there. Okay, so. Uh, yeah, so I was sitting here. I was sitting here for the first however long I was here, and there's like a shooting pain going down this way, which I love, right? It's not hurting me. Like you, you know, we identify a, a sensation as pain, but it's not really pain, right? So it seems like there's a there's a huge shooting pain. It's kind of intense, right? And then after a little while, I'm talking and stuff, and then all of a sudden it breaks through. It was at some point, it just went clunk clunk. And now, yeah, it like broke through whatever was hard, like right in that area. And then it just like went to another level. And now it's feeling pretty good. But what the mind wants to do is move out of, out of the position, right? See, I already learned through this thing because I sat in Vipassana and I was like, this is fucking awesome. Just sit there and watch what happens. Things, they keep on, they keep on changing. It seems like your leg is going to fucking fall off if you don't move. <laughs> and then you just keep on staying there and you keep on breathing. And then what? The sensation changes, right? Same thing with the fire ant. Last week, there were fire ants on me. Don't let that scare you from coming because there don't seem to be fire ants today. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're taking care of it. I know they try. It's amazing what beauty the soul is. And then there's this projection of a form that's already judged by, it's like, by a mistake, by a mistake about who you are. There's this form that's like popping up and it's like, am I okay? And, you know, it acts like an idiot, too, because it's not sure if it's okay. <laughs> yeah, and it'll just come out. There's nothing you can do about it, right? That's why, you know, I, I, I've, I've told people before, you know, like, if you're trying to convince me that I'm a fucking idiot, I already know. <laughs> right? I already know that. I love that about myself. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
I mean, it's like this image that I made just gets caught up from time to time into a, in a certain uh, perception. And we'll just say something and hide something. Reminds me of that song by Sting. Every breath you take, is that what it's called? <laughs> Every breath you take. I really, I really feel it. I really feel what his seeming to me, intention, was with that song. You know? It's like, oh, can't you see you belong to me? You know? It's like, that's like you watching the form you made with the ego. It's like every step, every breath, you're the one watching this. And you're deciding whether it gets love or condemnation. I really feel like Sting saw that. And that's, or, or, or that's just an anointed song that came out to express that. Right? It's not a stalker song <laughs> like it seems. <laughs> right? It's like, who's he stalking? No, that's Sting. He doesn't stalk people. An appreciation for going through the things, going through the challenges and the heartaches, right? Just appreciation for having those experiences. <clears throat> you know, we can't appreciate ourselves or another person when we're believing that we could have made a better choice. This is killing us when we're thinking in terms like this. Like someone could have made a better choice. This is hurting the mind so much. And just watch your resistance. See, on the other side of it, there's always the other side of it where someone is projecting as if you could have made a better choice. That is your mind talking to you, right? Remember that they're showing you a picture of yourself. It's a... It's a um, image that's just is just rooted in in self-condemnation so it's like you just don't accept that and the image you made of yourself you don't need to accept that there is no uh there is no self like that so you don't have to accept any image that you made of yourself this is so common there will be this sense like, I, but just like an hour ago, I kicked my dog or something. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, you're projecting that now. It doesn't matter where it is in time. You're projecting it now so you can get a guilty feeling, so you can conjure up a guilty feeling. That's all there is. Okay, this self-attack. And, you know, Someone's like, well, what about murder? Like, what if I just murdered someone an hour ago? It's actually the same. Believe it or not, it's the same. You may get arrested and you may go to jail and all that kind of stuff. But it still comes to you and you, right? It's you and this image that you made, kind of like in relationship, right? 
So it's like you—it's like you're—you're you're either projecting the condemnation onto it, or you're allowing innocence to prevail, right? So you—it's like you choose in the moment, and you don't have a choice in what you seem to do. I mean, gosh, if you got the perception that you murdered someone, that's what's written for everyone, for a perfect perception for everyone. So it's like as heinous and terrible as it may seem, thank you. <laughs> the thing is, we made it to look like it can, you know, even to be able to imagine that murder could be a thing, right? Even to be able to imagine that. And it's good to bring it up and go, look what we're fucking imagining here. Right? But even that we can imagine that is saying something about what we're holding in our regular day-to-day -day perception because we will not be able to conceive of murder. Okay? Once, we're, once, once our mind is purified of the guilty thought, there's no conceiving of it at all. It's only that we can conceive of it that we can and, and be afraid of it. That's the other part. That it can project. Just that, you know, people spend time afraid. There's a couple different things. Afraid of death and also projecting death. It's very easy to project death. A lot of people do it and everyone does it. A lot of people don't realize they're doing it. They're afraid of seeing that they're doing it. It is so common. Okay. It's like, it, it's so common. Killing someone occurs to you probably like 500 times a day. It is so <laughs> common. It's so unconscious and automatically believed that you would be better off if they were dead. Okay? It's just like an automatic thing. Like when you start to look and you start to see under the surface of things how aggressive this is. Right? How aggressive. And it's like you're innocent in it. A thought occurs to you. You don't want to know you're fucking thinking this. Okay? So you immediately agree with it and immediately cover it up. Okay? I'm guessing 500 times a day, that's probably low. All right? That's how many times murder is occurring in the mind. Right? So that's why it's so, it's so great to look at your uneasiness. Because that's telling you that's a murderous thought right there. Notice what the, the uneasiness is. I mean, and it moves fast. It's amazing how many people it wants to kill. People that you think you freaking like. <laughs> just killing them off. That would just be better if they were in here, really. <laughs> it's like as if you can survive that. Right? It's as if you can place murderous thoughts and still survive yourself. But it's so sweet. It's so innocent. That's the thing. And, and, and I'm telling you that it's innocent so that you will, you know, you'll be like, you know what? Maybe it's not so bad to just look at that. It's innocent. I'm not bad for having that thought occurring to me and automatically believing it. I mean, obviously it is going on. You wouldn't be perceiving in separation. Myself included. Right? But it's kind of like scratching away. It's almost like scratching away at something. 
It's like you remove these layers of it. You see it, and, and, and it's like you don't even re- remove the layer. You freaking see something. And then it's not, it's like as soon as I see, because I'm willing to see, I'm willing to see what's making me feel uneasy, that there's a desire to murder someone, it's gone. It's like canceled out. Because then I know I'm, I don't. All I have to do is know I don't. I don't think I'm scared of it. Because it's the unconscious believing in it that's projecting it. I don't have to be wrong about it. I don't have to get scared about it. It's just acknowledging that, no, that's actually mistaken. I actually do not want to kill that person. Or anyone for that matter. <laughs> and that's how the world is, is, is propped up. It's a murderous thought. Murder, suicide, same thing, right? And that's why we can, that's why we can get the, uh, the perception that murder's possible. That's why we can get any perception that it's even possible. Because of suicide? Because of the suicide murderous thought. You know, just like what I'm talking about, how that, how that occurs all day long is just always sending out trajectories of the original thought, right? It's always sending out these trajectories saying that these different people that deserve to die. I mean, that is one thing that um, politics is for in large parts, in large part, right? That was another thing that was brought up, huh? That you vote. Whenever you cast a vote, you're not just voting for something, you're voting against something too. And in this case, it's become like, for a lot of people, super aggressive, where it's so important because the other person is so evil, right? That's the murderous thought playing out, okay? A lot of the times it's more subtle than that, but that's like ridiculously obvious. That's not subtle at all. It's like so obvious. It's like 50-50, 50% think that one whole party should be burned to the ground. And it's the total same on the other side. And each one is like so sure they're fucking right. Right? And the, the other side is really stupid. Stupid? Not only stupid, but so dangerously stupid yeah. that they need to be squashed. It's like it totally went to like this huge extreme thing for people. And, you know, when, whenever you see something like that, whenever we get a, the perception of something like that, we're stoked because it's like big lesson time, right? This is big lesson time. They talk about it in the Bible. I don't know. They talk about the, uh, the end time and the, and the book of Revelation and things like that, about how all these signs are going to come. And all these signs that are, are that it's saying would come are come, right? They think like these are the kinds of signs. To me, it says because there's no world, right? And we're all on a lonely fucking journey through our own trajectory of thought. If we're getting the perception of this, it's our end time. <laughs> so fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right. If you're if you're seeing through what 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 is being presented as reality right now, it's your end time. That's how it is. And, it, you know, it does get intense toward the end. 
you've heard of darkest before the dawn. So it seems like things are bleak and people are going crazy. The, the, the prediction from Nostradamus is cannibalism this year for 2023. I don't know how they came up with that. I don't know how they like translate that out, but it like becomes the news. And I'm just kind of like, just the, the, just the idea that it's the news. It's just like fucking funny. Like that's really good. Good one. I would, you know, when I was a kid and my dad used to get the newspaper, right? You never see anything like that about how 2023 is cannibalism. It's like, God. Gone all the way funny, Uh, but it's those are the funnies. It is. It turned into the fun. Whole thing's the funnies now. (laughs) (laughs) It's like it's like all this all this doom and gloom, and it's like wow. Are we just gonna like keep on falling into this trap again and again? And and you know it's like the the people in our perception that seem to be falling falling into the trap. All they're doing is making a show for us because, remember, we're on a lonely trajectory of thought. It's a lonely one. So it's like blessing people on their adventure. They're on an adventure like like yours. (laughs) Having a completely different perspective and perception. And you're just blessing people on their adventure without, like, having to compare. You just don't even have to because it doesn't make sense. Not because you shouldn't compare, right? So I would say, like, if you feel like comparing, compare like a motherfucker. Just keep on comparing until you realize. Because if you try to stifle it, right? If you try to stifle it, all that does is help it to grow more. Right? Whatever it is. People try to control themselves not realizing, like they say, okay, all right, that's it. New Year's resolution. I am not smoking anymore. I'm going to start taking care of my health and I'm going to stop damaging my body like that. I'm going to treat it like a temple. You know the whole story, right? Okay, so uh, so what goes on there is you might get the perception that you did a good job because it's well, it, it, you, you can give yourself the perception if it's maximally beneficial for you to have the perception. You can give yourself the perception that you did quit smoking all year. And you did awesome. And you even feel like you breathe better. You even feel like that little scratchy shit in the back of your throat is now gone. And you feel really stoked about that. But the thing is, what you don't see is that in controlling yourself or thinking that you can control yourself, you've missed so many opportunities. See, and that's what's really important. It's more important than trying to save your body. Okay, there's no body to save. So it's like actually has no importance at all to try to save your body. A really zero fucking importance. A really zero. So like if you feel like smoking, smoke like a motherfucker. Smoke. Smoke. Oh, I mean, I'm telling you, it is it's so awakening. And this is something that like I've I've been aware of for many years. Like I the first time I started pra- practicing this was probably like 2013. So maybe like almost 10 years or something like that. But, you know, uh, just that's a way that that's a way that a lot of patterns are broken really fast. And what you want to do really fast is you want to wake up fast. You don't want to uh, get a better body because like getting a better or healthier body in this dream for you is not helping you wake up. Okay, and, and here's the thing about your better body, too. Like you don't even know what it takes to have a better body. You just think you do. Okay. You don't even know what it really takes. You just have an idea that you do. 
right? So, like for myself, um, I've, I've had years, many years, where I just, I like playing video games on my phone. So I'm, I find myself playing video games on my phone. And then the next thing you know, I'm adding smoking with playing video games on my phone. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Because there's a sense here that this is like a wrong thing to be doing, really wrong thing to be doing, right? Not only am I playing a video game on my phone, I'm probably squinting too while I'm smoking, probably making the worst faces. Not good for beauty at all, right? <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're playing a game. <sighs> right? Uh, yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> so, <laughs> who's watching this though? That's the thing. It's like, it doesn't matter what the activity is. There's no wasting time. There's no wasting time. That was something you brought up too, Chitta. Like the idea that there could be a waste of time. So only way that time could be wasted is when you're spending it wishing it were something else, wishing it were something other than it is. Basically, that's how we waste time, right? So if I'm playing a video game and smoking a cigarette and wishing that I'm different, like I didn't have this craving for a cigarette and a video game, and especially not at the same time. <laughs> It's comical. <laughs> and, and, and the idea, okay, how much of my day am I going to be spending smoking and playing video games? Well, let's see, right? Let's, let's watch and see. So there would be some days where it would go, okay, it's getting uh, like the smoking goes up and the video game playing goes up. And it's like, okay, that's fine. We're just watching and seeing. We're watching how it feels and everything like that. And the thoughts that are coming on that ticker tape right there, those are for forgiveness. And through the, through the activity that we seem to be doing, we are bringing those things to the surface. That's how they're being brought to the surface for, for us, really. We're not really doing anything. That's what I mean by, you know, when you get this idea that you know what you should be doing, you are fucking wrong. You should be doing whatever you seem to be doing right now. Even if it's smoking and playing a video game. You see what I'm saying? And don't make it into, uh, okay, I'm only going to do it for this amount of time. Or, you know, watch that. Watch what that thought is like. You know, maybe experiment a little bit with it. Maybe go, go you know, go, oh, uh, oh, it seems like I would probably fare better if I just did this. Maybe I put a timer on and only do it for 15 minutes. Or maybe just for shits and giggles, I check the time and see how long I just naturally do it. Right? And that's how I do. I like the whole thing is an experiment to me the whole life. So I'm interested in seeing how long I will naturally do that. Like I just like watch. Will I do it my whole life? Will it become the whole day, all day, every day to where I don't call people back because I'm too busy smoking and playing a video game? Yeah. Am I scared of that? Why would I be scared of that? Because the whole thing is for awakening. See how people are scared of themselves? They're scared of getting in addiction, Right. That is the addiction. That's it right there. Being scared of being addicted. Okay? You don't have to be scared of being addicted to anything. There's no addiction like that. Anything that you have the desire to do is meant for teaching your mind. It's meant for awakening you from a dream. It's not meant for you to get better at your choices in the world. You're not making those. So... 
a lot of people go through their life, especially, you know, this AA thing totally promotes it and it's perfect for them. It's really perfect for them. Okay. Um, it, it totally promotes it. You can see the symbology of it that you're an addict and you have to like not do this stuff or else, you know, something's wrong. They'll put it in movies and everything. Oh, I had a relapse. Okay. Now I'm going back to AA again and I'm one day sober now. I'm back on, I'm, I'm back on the wagon. You know, you don't have to make a big fucking deal about that. Well, it's you making a deal about it. You know, you, uh, okay, there's a, okay, there's a binge. Why are you making that into something when the reason for having it is healing? The, it's, it, that's what it's meant to be used for. It's supposed to make you feel guilty. It's supposed to bring that up. Let's say look like it's the reason for your guilt, but it's not the reason. It's a projection of it. It's already an effect of being guilty, right? Or thinking you are guilty. The only thing that Jesus would correct is the thought that you're guilty. That's what he would say, you know, get correction for this because it's hurting you. You don't want this, right? And when you know you don't want it, then you know you don't have to keep it. But it's funny because the ego will tell you that you actually, you do want it. So there's conflict in that too. It's like, oh, I don't want all this murder in the world. And it's like, yes, you do want the murder in the world. Right? It, it, because look at the murderous thought. If there were no such thing as murder, how would you be able to think that about that person? And therefore, in comparison, make yourself in, you know, innocent just by comparison though. Make yourself a, a fleeting a sense of innocence that you have to keep on projecting death in order to prop up. It's like, would you rather have the world or salvation? And salvation is given you right now. If you're willing to receive the gift, Right? And, and look, here, here's uh, the thing about the world. Every thought you think about the world, well, you're not really thinking. You're pursuing. You're pursuing a dream thought. It's like your mind is completely blank. You talk about wasting time. Every, I love that, too. Just to see that, oh, I'm wasting time. <laughs> there I am wasting time again. I just went off on a thought. It's not the playing video game and having a smoke. No, I'm, a, I'm, I'm dug in if I'm into that video game, right? But if I'm thinking about how I want to get out of doing this or I want to be somewhere else or questioning it or anything like that, then I'm wasting time. See, it's not the activity. People think people are wasting time on Facebook. I freaking get so much off of Facebook, I barely even have to look at that fucker. And it's like, the scream comes up, it's like, whoa! <laughs> Someone said something, apparently. <laughs> Don't you love all those memories that they uh, give you every day? I mean, how, how do they come up with those things, you know? How do they decide what memory you're going to like or whatever? What memory you're going to like? Because you posted it. I know. You must have liked it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so many of them are just so profound and so meaningful. Well, you're po because you're posting 
you've been posting profound, meaning, meaningful shit. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Apparently. But then they, they, they send it to oh, me just at the right time when, wow, I, that, that thought, that, that idea is just perfect for what I'm dealing with. Isn't it great? Yeah. I know. It's, I love Facebook. They, they do great things for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all like that. It's actually all like that. You know, it's like, it, it's like they, they do their censoring and stuff. They do that stuff too, right? Put you low on the totem pole for who's going to see your posts. They do that stuff. But, um, yeah, whenever I find out myself over there, it's so funny too. I'll see posts from people talking about how we're wasting time on Facebook. And it's like another dude will come on and go, dude, you're saying that on Facebook. You realize that, right? <laughs> Yeah, talking about wasting time. Yeah. But that is the waste of time is believing that you can waste your time doing anything else but thinking against yourself. I mean, when you're thinking against yourself, you're wasting time. That's it. When you're thinking that you that you can waste time by doing something, you're thinking against yourself. When you think you know what you should be doing instead, you're thinking against yourself. Look, when you force yourself you guys know the feeling of forcing yourself to do something that you have to do. A lot of people go to work that way every day. Like they're forcing themselves. I'm doing this because I have to do this for my family and that kind of stuff. We're fooling ourselves about that. We're not capable of making ourselves do what we think we should do. We don't even know what we should do. But when we think in those terms, we... we we, uh, we box ourselves in with fear. So it's like we can only go along with it. It's almost like we're just tracking along with the, uh, this dull way of thinking and looking at the world. Like this is a, what I do and this is how I, how I go each day. You know, when I was in routine, like a work routine where I would go to work like 9 to 5 and go to the gym and everything like that. And then I started replacing the gym with this korean yoga thing that was just like a so my mind must have shifted so much because i went to this korean yoga thing these guys were like tuned into a way different frequency than anything that i had ever done before i mean they're like bringing up pain in their bodies by like punching themselves and just like but it was the first time i heard someone say just take a different way to work than you normally go and i'm like what the fuck is that gonna do like why would you even See that? But it's so interesting just being willing and like opening up to that to take a different way just to break the pattern, right? Because we get so monotonous in our patterns, right? It's like a habit to do a thing at a certain time. So like structures, systems, job, for instance, it's all good. And, you know, you might find yourself still there every single day. Right? You might find yourself still showing up every single day. It's only in your mind that you're watching what you're making of this. Because if you make it like, I don't want to go to work, but I have to go to work. That's you thinking you know what you should be doing. So if you, if, if you agree with that these two, that you really, these are two real things and they're in conflict with each other, you make suffering for yourself. And that's how most people go to work. And that's why people get really grumpy at work. Oh, you know the saying, oh, it's Monday. I'm forcing myself to go to work. They don't really say I'm forcing myself to go to work, but that's the whole vibe. 
Right? The whole vibe. I drug my ass here. Right? I just don't like to show up anywhere like that. It's not true, for one. It's not, it's not being truthful. And no wonder you're going to be projecting as if you're a victim. Like that's how anyone would have a horrible day. They felt like they were forced to do shit they don't want to do. And it's impossible to even find yourself doing anything you don't want to do because whatever you do find yourself doing, you definitely want to do it. Okay, you might want to do it because you're afraid if you don't do it, you're fucked. But you definitely want to do it. Right? You can't make you can't really make yourself do something you don't want to do. You want to do it. I know, I was so bad. I was like, dude, this is <laughs> <laughs> Well, wisdom dialogues with the trading post may be coming to an end. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I'm coming back next week. <laughs> I'll let you guys know. It'll be on the open. It'll be on the open. They had a work party today. Normally there's no one here. Yeah. <laughs> it's not up to me. It's not up to me. I do not mind at all. <laughs> It's just fun show. It's just fun to watch. Actually, this might be good advertisement for those people you know, that we're here doing this. <laughs> I was thinking we should make a poster. I'm sure it's perfect, that's for sure. We should make a poster that everyone who comes to uh, Trading Post and Wisdom Dialogue here every Friday, uh, you know, three to five, people that come. People that come see it, yeah. We'll see it. Yeah. I feel like there's so much more... So basically, there's nothing to do, and there's nothing to want either, you know. So that way, you could be playful with the things you seem to want. Like, I could say right now, I'm excited about the women's soak that's coming up on Wednesday, right? But it doesn't have to be a burden or any kind of pressure or anything like that because it doesn't even matter. Right? If for some reason we don't end up at the women's soap, I'm still the same. <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> and it's like, uh, it's like there's no experience that, that I need to have. There's no experience that you need to have either. It's not like that. The, the experience that the experiences are just coming as they need to and perfect timing and when you're willing to look at them like that too everything turns into a blessing like for everyone it's like whatever it is all oh, perfect We come up with stories that say that we should be we, we should be afraid of some kind of outcome. Like if, uh, like for instance, you go to court and the judge says you owe fifty thousand dollars, or you have to go to jail, or you owe that other person money, or something like that. People will be afraid of the outcome. None of those outcomes mean anything, though. You're really going to court to join with everyone who's there. You're going to court to join with everyone. 
and you can't go to jail unless that's max maximally beneficial for you. You could be in there laughing and having fun. That's what my mom does, actually. She'll be laughing. The judge will think she's so cute. We'll just let her off. <laughs> she, she told me, the judge told her, it sounds like what you want me to do is just forget this whole case and, and close everything out. She's like, yes, that is what I want you to do. He's like, okay. <laughs> just like, forget that this ever happened. Yes, that's what I want. <laughs> right? Because it's all an energy too. It's like this, there's this sense of this authority that can make you go to jail. No, you can't go to jail uh, unless it's maximally beneficial. You want it if you're in there. That's the way I just treat everything like I want it. Like even when my freaking software doesn't work, right? When software doesn't seem to work, it keep working. I just treat that like I want it, even if on the surface I seem to be reaction, reacting. The nervous system's reacting to the pain body, right? It's, just like, it's like automatically reacting. So when I'm aware of the reacting, I can see through it. I can see through so, so much in tech support. I can see why it comes up. And it's funny because the, I watch the ego want to run like I shouldn't be doing this. There's more important things that I should be doing than tech support. Like maybe I have something spiritual to write, right? It can change people's lives. Not beyond tech support. That's not the truth, though. I don't know what I should be doing. I'm not in charge of that. If I seem to be on tech support right now, that's the most divine thing. This is the teaching. This is exactly what I need. Okay? But if, I, if I'm fighting against it, then I'm still on tech support. <laughs> right? Because I got to get my shit done, apparently. Right? I am running a business, apparently. Uh, and I want my I want my page. I just did a new page. So if you if you want to check it out, go to miraclebotanicals.com and like right in the middle on the menu, it says self-care and there's two orange hearts about it. You can go in there and you can see uh, two orange hearts right around it. You click on there and you can see the new page that I did and also a couple banners that I did for first of the year. I got a fat-free body formula. Um, the oil is not fat-free. My mom mistaked it for that. She's like, I can't believe there's fat-free oil. I'm like, mom, that's no such, there's no such thing as that. Oil is fat. <laughs> but it's called fat-free body oil because it's got all these um, things that stimulate like detoxification, all this different stuff, coffee, you know, juniper berry. It's like for stimulating stuff. So, um, yeah, and, and, the, and the thing is about essential oils, it's coming to me more and more, showing me more and more. They're just messengers. They're just vibrating at a higher frequency, and they're just showing us the way to being free of all of these conditions, kind of like a, a teacher that doesn't use words. Uh, okay, so, so it's, these, it, it's, these, it's, it's these terpenes they're said to communicate with. These terpenes that are chemicals that the cell recognizes. And it's actually a message like that. So someone was asking me, because a friend of theirs has cancer apparently, and they want to use cannabis essential oil for cancer. And they go, well, uh, 
I I, I told him I, I heard you know just a drop on the finger, stick it under the tongue, and that's that's good right there. And uh, and he goes, well, I think that since his cancer is this, he's going to need a lot more than that. And I'm like, okay, well, look at it like this. It's more like it's a communication than you need a bunch of stuff. It's like there's this communication. As soon as you smell the essential oil, there are aromatic molecules. So the, the chemical components are on this aroma. As soon as you smell the aroma, there every cell can be found to have that molecule in it in 20 seconds, about 20 seconds. I don't know how they fucking figure that out, but uh, some kind of freaking measurement. Um, it's already communicating. And then the next thing, the, the next thing is it's gone soon after that. They don't linger either. It's like a message that's received and then moving on. So it's like with, with my fat free uh, body oils, like people come on and they're like, yeah, I need to you lose a couple or some cellulite or something like that. I'm going to buy this fat free, uh, body oil. Well, the communication is completely different from that. Look, if you, if you, perceived cellulite on the thighs. You know what? That is a, actually a sign of pain in the mind. Same thing with a wrinkle. Same thing with the blemish. Everything like that. None of that stuff exists. We're actually projecting it. And the body is 100% projection of the mind, right? So when we get these perceptions that we have some kind of malady or something like that, uh, you know, that's pain. It's just pain. And that's why, you know, if you're willing to see how you're pained, how you're making pain for yourself, then you're going to be relieved of much of it in that way. All of it eventually. You know, it's kind of like set your mind in that direction. Okay, what am I here to? What am I here to do? Be relieved from pain is one way of saying it. Get released from pain. But we don't know how to go about it for the most part. You know, it's like it's like there's this a sense like we can project the pain out of ourselves and that'll be that'll be better that'll be that'll be safe that'll be safe for us if we could just project it to outside of ourselves but not true it's like we we can only be safe from pain if we're willing to undo its cause and when we're willing to undo its cause even when it comes up the cause isn't a threat to us even the cause of it isn't a threat right when I had the perception that of of uh, ex- extreme pain coming on in the you know in the back tailbone area for me in that moment, uh, it was like extreme pain coming on. It seemed like no way can I bear this, the way it was coming on, right? And just willingness to see that the pain is fear. Just it's really simple willingness. I just asked my brother to hold my hand and and just acknowledge that we're that. Pain, all pain is fear. Just a simple acknowledgement of that. Not how do I stop being in fear, all that other stuff. Just simply not giving any credit to the pain as if it's a real thing on its own, separate from the, the, the fear in the mind, right? And immediately it was just given to me, like it was like a gift. It was like immediately it was just given to me this intense trembling for like three to five minutes and then complete relief. It was like I could just lay there fine without the tailbone being a problem. But I see how it comes up so strong and, and makes you think, oh my God, 911. 
gosh. The only reason you would need 911, you guys, really. <laughs> I'm no doctor, and I'm not allowed to give medical advice in the world. But I'll tell you what. Like, okay. There may be more re reasons than this, actually, but this is what comes to my mind. <laughs> IV. Okay? You feel like you're dehydrated without anything else in it, though. Okay? Broke your fucking skull. Your leg got sawed off. Okay? Like, stuff like that. They can, they can sew things up. But when you go there with unspecified back pain, you're asking for trouble. <laughs> they don't know. Okay? They have, they have a couple things that they can do. They can sew things up when they're ripped apart. They could put a cast on something, but when it comes to unspecified whatever, they've got burning, cutting, and poisoning. <laughs> okay? You don't need any of that for, for, for pain. It's just fear. My friend's like, baby, it's serious. It's not serious. It's stress. Stress is funny. <laughs> It's never serious. No, it's not. That's, a, that's an illusion too. But if you want it to be serious, you know, those doctors in that hospital, they're the agents of your mind. You know, you get to a point, you'll get a, good, you'll get a really good diagnosis that'll really show that this is really serious. And you'll be able to show it to other people and they'll say it's serious too. You even get a plaque for your car. You get to park in a good place. <laughs> Uh, they probably take classes and just how to do that. All right. <laughs> Woohoo! I won. I can park up front at Walmart. <laughs> you know, it's like you keep on. And it's funny because what I see too is they try. You know, because I went through my son when he was a teenager being a, pretty much a hypochondriac, right? Where we'd show up in the hospital at the emergency room all the time because he'd be freaking out about something, right? And I'd watch them let him know that it's all in his mind. Let him know. It's basically in a nice way, roundabout way. You keep on coming in here, bro, and nothing's wrong with you, right? But if you be, keep on being persistent, guess what's going to happen? <laughs> You're going to get something. <laughs> you want him to find something. You're feeling frustrated that they didn't find something because you're not being validated now. Mm. You feel all this seemingly physical. You seem, it seems like this, um, what seemed like a benign pimple turned into a big ass herpes sore, sore on your lip. He did get the herpes by uh, diagnosis eventually. He kept going for it. He kept going in for it. <laughs> it's so funny because I barely ever see herpes. Like that's not something I see very often. But then I got back from uh, my from my trip to the mainland, and I went to a coffee shop right away. And the first thing I see is a woman with obvious that's herpes. Like that, she looks like herpes. Like I almost wanted to take a picture of her so I could show it to my son so I could let him know what herpes actually looks like because I don't think he's actually seen it.
you can. I mean, I got a I got a herpes diagnosis too. I went I went over to the doctor with some some unspecified something on my face, and you know I I go hey do you know what this is? I want to get this off. A couple sores. Oh yeah, it's herpes. I was like oh herpes. Okay, well all right, no big deal. Give me the medication. You know this is back when I was like uh, twenty years ago or something. Take the medication. Take the whole round of medication. It's Valtrex, really well known for herpes. I always saw it on commercials, and. <laughs> Yeah, that's how you know, right? I'm like, Valtrex, I've heard of that shit. All right, so I take the whole round, show up back at his office with the same shit on my face, and then he's telling me I didn't even take the medication. I'm like, hmm, hmm. That was one of those awakening moments. Very interesting. All right. (laughs) I didn't even argue with him about it. When it comes to taking something, I've always been like ridiculously anal. Like I will take it at the right time every single time. But like I didn't need to argue with him. I was just kind of like curious that he would say that. (laughs) He obviously doesn't know what the fuck this is. (laughs) It can only be one thing. I looked it up in the physician's desk reference, right? It told me that if you got these sores on your face, then this is the remedy. And if that doesn't work, it just means you didn't take it. (laughs) 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 If you do find yourself in the hospital, like my mom did, uh, she went for something with her pancreas or no, her liver. No, something else. Those organs are all the same. Gallbladder. Gallbladder. She went for something for her gallbladder, and they thought that they thought that she should get her gallbladder taken out. And I go, Mom, how about the next time you get pain in your gallbladder? How about uh, try this? And this just came to mind, right? I don't even know where the fuck this stuff comes from. Take a teaspoon of ghee. Just take a teaspoon of ghee and wait and see how you feel. And then take another teaspoon of ghee a little bit later and wait and see how you feel. The next time she goes, Hope, I got that pain again. And I could tell she was excited. Got that pain again in my gallbladder. And you know what? I did just what you said. I just ate some ghee and then I felt it pass and it was like no big deal at all. I'm just lubricated. That's right. (laughs) Lubricated up, baby. And, you know, it's like none of it is really doing anything, but it, like, takes the fear away from this idea, like, oh, no, oh, no, here it comes again. It's like, no, oh, yes, it's, you know, think of it in terms of cleaning, right? Think of it because it's it's symbolic. It's symbolic of a mental cleansing, right? It's like any time you're going through some kind of thing where, like, there's a sickness or any any kind of pain or anything like that, Look at it as being symbolic of a mental cleansing and also another opportunity to see what you're projecting over the apparent sickness or pain. Because that's when those thoughts get really prevalent. You can see a lot if you're willing to see, if you're willing to embrace the pain. What I see what people do is they push on it. It's so much like being in labor, you guys. Like there's this, when the pain is coming on, there's this uterus like working. It's a muscle that's like working to push this baby out, right? And what the mom is normally doing is fighting that flow. And that's what's causing the pain. It's the same thing in everything. When we're having a a, a perception that seems painful, what makes it painful is actually fighting the flow. 
Someone shows you a picture of yourself that says, what a fucking idiot you are, right? And you just want to fight the flow, right? And look at what happens though when you embrace the flow and let the birth occur. It's the same thing when someone's going through any kind of physical pain. What I notice is this clenching and gripping and wanting to not have the pain. That's what makes it pain in the first place. Wanting to not have it, not, not wanting to, wanting to not have it. Look, it is fear. It is manifest fear. So when you're willing to see that it's manifest fear, what is there to resist? So when you're going through it and you're finding yourself resisting, right? Notice what it is. It's, it's, it's an ignorance. It's ignorance of what that pain is for. And it's thinking that you can feel better by resisting the pain. It's thinking that you can actually uh, make yourself healthier or happier or feel better if you resist what's coming up now. But the pain, even the pain itself is like a holy fire. It just burns in you until it's done clearing out whatever needs clearing. So, so why wouldn't there be gratitude for the pain? And how can we, how can there be how can there be gratitude when you're asking for it to be taken away from you? Right? It's like pushing on it. It's like saying it's like saying no, I don't want you, but you have to have it because you made it. So it's like coming up in your face like that. And medical drugs will only work so long, won't they? That's the other thing. People go to doctors to get this they, these medical drugs, these painkillers. They're only going to take you so far. I saw that firsthand on my second childbirth before I realized what was going on. And I was all in resistance to all of the sensations that were coming up. Uh, it was like uh, the pain was so incredible. They were giving me Demerol. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Demerol, but it's quite a strong narcotic, right? People get addicted to that shit and they'll be like all, all into it, you know? Uh, and it, apparently there is no addiction. That's just conditioning talking coming out right there. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not like that at all. And if you do find yourself taking Demerol, keep taking it until you see that it's not anything <laughs> at all, okay? But anyways, I, I, they're, they're, like, they're like shooting me up with Demerol. And so I'm passing out in between contractions, but waking up to the most excruciating pain with each one, just like screaming fucking pain and you're waking up out of like you just went to sleep because the Demerol you're sleeping right like you're knocked out but the pain came right through the pain came right through that thing right it's like oh that's just how it is it's going it's it's time to go through some pain so I just like kept on like I'd wake up kind of like shocked and just like just kind of like wrap myself around it as much as I could in that moment you know um, by the third one, there was such a different mindset about it because there was just so much transformation that occurred that there was just a willingness to embrace and, and recognizing what's going on too with that big muscle, what it's doing and how, oh, obviously you're going to make yourself pain if you're pushing against that thing, doing it work, it's work, right? But if you just allow the work to go, to be done, it's just being done, the, the thing, it just slides out so nicely. It's so sweet. It's, it's funny how we're just like taught to, and even pushing is the same. There's no, nothing to push. 
the uterus is a, it's like programmed to just do the program. And then we're programmed to be fucking scared of the program. <laughs> Same thing goes with any kind of sickness. Don't need to be scared of the program. You know, people think of the sickness as being a physical detoxification because it looks like that, right? It looks like a physical detoxification, but look at, there is no physical, there's only mental. So it's totally, a, it, it's totally a psychological process that's being shown. Why would you not be grateful for that too, right? Knowing that you could take it away from yourself if you willed it in any moment. But you're not. And the reason you're not is because you can use it. If you couldn't use it, you just take it away in a moment. And, and you're only using it until you see that it has no value. So you're using it until you use it up. That's why I'm like, hey, man, if you're doing what, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Going out and fucking a bunch. Whatever it is, just keep doing it. Because you're going to see through it. It's, it's, all, it's all blessed. It's so funny how uh, the ego wants to get on these things about what you're doing. Right? Oh, you're wearing a mask. All right. It's blessed. Right? Oh, you're taking, you got six boosters. All right. That's blessed too. <laughs> All right, you're going to go into judgment. Let's say you're going to go into judgment. That's blessed too. You know, I've had my kids try to convince me that something's wrong because of something they're doing. Like for one of them, mom, I don't agree with you. That's great. Glad about that. That means you didn't just get conditioned by me. You can come up with your own interpretation. You can see for yourself instead of being a parrot. Right? Or this is not okay. Something's wrong. I had one uh, big boy telling me my, something was wrong with my little boy for a little while. And then he realized he's okay. I'm like, I know. It was about you. It wasn't about him. <laughs> you were feeling not okay with yourself. So you're making it about him. That's all. And he's like, okay, yeah. Yeah. That's how we do it. Or someone else's kid. I got that with my kids all the time. People would be like, the way you're doing it with your kids is wrong. <laughs> Never send your kid to school. <laughs> well, if he wants to go, he can go. I'm going to make a person go. God, that's mean. <laughs> get the idea that in order to make a good society we should be making people do things against their will yeah. <laughs> and punishing them to correct them how is that going to make them into anything but murderous you know <laughs> everyone just trying to control themselves and make the make a facade so you don't see the, the the murderous thought i mean i think it's that's so cute about myself i love that about myself <laughs> I mean, it's just like, that's, that's the thing. That's really the key to seeing and, and being healed of this thing is being like really, really loving and gentle with it, but being aware of it. Cause the, the key is the, the key for the ego is to keep it hidden. 
keep you from seeing it. You make a choice and cover it up immediately. You make a choice to be murderous and cover it up immediately though, because you don't want to see that about yourself. But it seems like the only option, that's why you're making the choice in the first place. Just because it's not exposed to the light of your awareness yet. It seems like it's the only option. That's the only reason you're making the choice. The only, only reason you're covering it up is because you don't want to know you have to make a choice like that. And you don't. So, hooray, everyone. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Yay. I'm so grateful for all of you. Thank you. Uh, I'm still doing this every week uh, at the Trading Post for now. We'll see what happens. I'll, I'm always open. So, um, you know, it's like, for me, it's like really fluid and flexible. Uh, but I feel like I'm going to be here next week at this moment. Um, <laughs> and and uh, I will be on a trip February 1st through 8th. So whatever Friday and Monday fall in there. Friday, I definitely won't be doing it because I won't be physically here. I'll be in Chicago. But Monday, I might do it because that's a total wisdom dialogues chick. And she's probably going to love it if I do the Monday online one while I'm in Chicago. Yeah, so I'll probably be broadcasting. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yes. But other than that, I plan to be here every Friday. Um, even if I go on, I might go on a short trip, but I'm going to leave after it if I do. Yay. Yay. Thank you. I love you, everyone. Yay. Ahoy ho.